Welcome back, everybody. It is the Radio Guy podcast. We welcome you once again to a few minutes with some of our favorite guests. Had a good week last week with John Gabriel. We're going to go again with a great guest as we sit down today. Matt Lloyd, the Magic Assistant General Manager, has been kind enough to join us for a few minutes. You've never been on with us, have you, on the Radio I, Guy podcast? I have never been on this podcast. We've been doing this, Matt, for probably 33 years. And a you've, you've 33-year podcast. You've never done it. I've never done it. I've never done it. And I'm really, I can say I'm really excited to be here. Um, this is, well, at least you, I'm sure you don't know how much time you occupy, occupy of mine when I'm on the road, because I generally am in rental cars and I listen to the games. Do so you I'd really? Be, yeah, I'd be drive, I'll be driving back from the Scott and Simon on and I, I get uh, I specifically get a car with satellite radio so I can listen to our games, and there you are. I night. can't tell you how much I appreciate. It. You're the first guy I've ever heard that listens to our games, so I appreciate. I that. do. I <laughs> do. That's great. Matt has been here in Orlando. Believe it or not, it doesn't seem like it, but eight years. You spent a long time with the Chicago Bulls, thirteen years, twenty fifth year in the NBA. Is that right? Twenty fifth, yeah, and and that includes four years basically working, uh, you know, as the as a game night employee in the video room for the Bulls. That so counts. It counts. Yeah. I'm counting it. I have uh, I have documented proof that I did work there because the first three years I was working there full time, not full time, but in that video capacity, we won the championship. And my wife recently found. Uh, the watches that we were given, not rings. We didn't get rings, but we got watches. So that's kind of a, it was kind of a cool little throwback. But, yeah, 25th year. I appreciate you stopping by. I know we're, we're just getting into your really hectic. We probably are already in it, so I, I greatly appreciate it. But give us a little thumbnail sketch on how your year goes and, and when it really does kick up for you. It'll start kicking up, um, well, basically next week. So uh, are the the college Saudi this college season will start next week. Games will start next week. You've already done a lot of practices, kind of gone out, seen some things. Uh, saw a couple of NBA preseason games, but the 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 biggest volume of travel starts next week. So ne- start next week, I'll be on the road for nine days, come back for five, and then I'm gone for like about seventeen. And right now, this is the the part of the calendar where we try to see as many teams as possible. Our our entire staff gets out. We try to cover as many teams as we possibly can. Then come. January, February, March is when we're, we're start to boil it down. And, and really, we all kind of operate, you know, uh, for Jeff and John. So we try to, like, boil it down for Jeff and John, for Jeff Weltman, John Hammond, so they can see the most important people, the people that we're targeting. And right now is what is our heavy, like, we just want to see as many teams as we possibly can see in the next month, month and a half. And after that, you know, we'll start, we'll start to really uh, narrow it down. Matt oversees everything for the Magic as far as pro college international scouting. Give us a little bit of an idea, Matt, for, for people that don't know exactly what you do. And I'm one of those as far as precisely when you go out and look at guys, how you go out, what you do on a trip to see one or two guys, one or two teams. Yeah, and and, and like just to uh, frame it for, for everyone listening and, and for you, we you know, we go to see, again, like as many teams as we possibly can right now. And you know, it, it, you just start to, to get a sense of what makes an NBA player, you know, and then Jeff and John have specific things that they're kind of looking for as well, and we try to identify those things specifically for them. So we, um, I, I think the, 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 big, the basest kind of level of scouting is really the relationships that you develop with college coaches, with people um, in, you know, different uh, areas, high school, college, pros, and then they start to give you information about where you need to go, what you need to see. And, and um, it's our responsibility to really boil that down for Jeff and John. So once we t- get to the draft or we get to the trade deadline or we get to the free agency period, they have all the information they need 
to make the decisions that they, they make. And those are, you know, those are really hard, hard decisions at times. My job, I really kind of take a lot of pride in, and our staff takes a lot of pride in making sure that the information they have is accurate. So when we go see a player, we, you know, we try to put them through different filters. Do they have size? Do they have skill? Do they have speed? Do they have length? You know, there's different terminology we can get into. We could be on this thing for 12 hours talking about it. But um, basically every uh, NBA player has a specific set of, you know, physical requirements and prerequisites they have to meet to get into the, to the next level, which is are they skilled? And then basically is who they are as people. You know, we really want to try to identify who they are as people. So when we introduce them into the community here, we know we're introducing a responsible person into the community. You, you kind of touched on it, and we all know how analytics has changed everything in the last, I guess you can probably go back a decade. Um, as you look at it, and you've been on both sides, I think. You've seen it where it was more more kind of the eye test, I guess, if, if that's a safe sure. As you look at it now, how do you balance that, how, how you look at a guy just when you watch him play, and then you look at the numbers, the statistics, the science yep. of analytics? Well, I, I, I think just to, to frame it properly, and, and this kind of gives us all an insight as into to what Jeff really values. So when I started working here eight years ago, um, and even before that in Chicago, in Chicago we really had no analytics person, quote unquote. I, I as a, much of a wonk for it as I possibly as I possibly could be. I love looking at it. I love like analyzing. It. I love seeing it. I love interpreting it. Um, Jeff, we we have we have nine people in our analytics department now. So those people are really responsible for uh, collecting all the data, crunching it, and trying to um, use it to. We use it to, like, inform us, right? And and Jeff's really big on that. So that's something that, that he's put a lot of resources towards. And it's always the balance of not allowing yourself to, you know, have paralysis by overanalysis. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is, yep. is it sometimes you, you almost gloss over with the numbers, although you have a staff, as you said, that I think they seem to simplify it for all you guys and, and make it palatable. No question. Palatable is the, the perfect word. And and it can it, you can get lost in all of it at times. You know, we've gotten so much now. We have cameras up here in the arena and it's tracking everyone's tracking the ball, tracking everyone's movements. And, you know, that was really my entry point into the NBA was really having a knowledge of statistics and really having a capacity to understand it. But now it's so far surpassed me, my ability to compile it. But I do enjoy, you know, the process of understanding it and, and, and interpreting it. So um, it's a key part of what we do. Um, but it's also got to be kept in its in its area. They have a seat at the table. They know what they're talking about, and they they present information. And it's our responsibility to, you know, interpret that responsibly as well. I always laugh. Richie Adubato's favorite statistics from the new analytics is how far a guy has run during a game. Yeah, I, I, that one to me it seems a little. I think that that one's more for the scoreboard. Is that right? what you it's know? for? And 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 that's cool. I I, I my, you know my my. Nephews can come. My my twelve thirteen year old nephews can come to the game and they can look up. Wow, so and so's run six point one miles. You know, and like, but I don't know how much uh, impact that has in like in our decision making process. Oh, maybe over time you can look at yeah. it and, and 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 say that there's you know we have we're in this era of load management now in the NBA, but. Um, you know, on a per game basis, I don't think it really. Every time much. that number comes up on the jumbotron, Richie just gives me that dead stare, yeah. like, "What? What are we doing?" <laughs> yeah, All right, I want to ask you, and I know you're familiar with this because a lot of us in basketball and professional sports are. Everybody's got that neighbor, that uncle, that friend that comes up to you and says, "Hey, 
Matt, have you seen this guy? This guy is the real deal. How do you deal with that? I mean, is it, does it become easier over the years? I think so, but I, I actually appreciate it, do to you? be honest with you. And, and um, you know, I have, I have two brother-in-laws, and, you know, they, they'll ask me all the time, you know, have you seen so-and-so? I have a couple friends from home, um, you know, and, and I actually appreciate it, to be honest with you, you know, because uh, – you never know what can come up with from it, and and it's my job then to check on that player. And, and I, it, what it takes me thirty seconds at this point. You know, I don't I don't have to comb through anything anymore. I have a computer. I can punch it up, boom, and I can see have I seen the guy. But it, to me, any information is good information, and it doesn't really matter the source. Now we do have to kind of protect ourselves from, again from like the paralysis by over analysis type thing. But hey. Anyone that can, that gives any sort of suggestion or have you seen this guy, that means they've seen something. So I have to kind of respect that as well. And we've seen the influx of so many players from around the world now. And it's an international game. The NBA is an international league. How has that changed, Matt, your job the last few years? Um, I, I've actually always been a real advocate of it. And, and this goes back to um, in Chicago, they had the one of the first full-time European scouts. And that was 1995 that was before I was even you know thinking of working there and it was always a point our point of emphasis was really making sure that we had all that covered and it's just another um, you know we do like a little bit of an analysis of the opening night rosters in the league and the second highest percentage of players in the league on opening night rosters were from international they were international players that had not gone to college and so it's become like a pool that we have to tap into always and we have to be on top of it always and I'll go, um, you know, one of our scouts just got back from a trip uh, halfway around the world, you know, and, and we have a scout that's based in Barcelona, um, and his responsibility is making sure he's our, like, uh, gatekeeper for all that information. He's feeding us that information. What players do we need to see? Who do we need to be on top of? It hasn't really changed in, in as much as it's been um, that pool has grown a little bit deeper, you know, so we have to be constantly diving into it. So it's... Similar to college basketball, there's 338 college Division One college basketballs. Where there's you know there's another 200 pro teams that are playing overseas that have viable prospects on their rosters as well. So our responsibility again is not to necessarily um, you know go to see each one of them, but to filter through all the players that we can in an attempt to enhance the Magic's roster. The NCAA tournament it's become such an event. I mean, it's really I think arguably one of the greatest sports events now that we have. I always am interested when draft time comes around, the guys that played really well in the tournament and go deep in the tournament, it often you see a jump in, in where they go, and, you know, and, and for obvious reasons. But how do you weigh that doing your job? How do you weigh how a guy plays in the tournament to what you have already assimilated and it is body of work, which is vast, I'm sure, a lot of these guys as they get there? Yeah, I, I, it's always a real – I think, um, you know, the postseason, because it's such a huge stage and someone's – our fans will always see the the two teams that are playing in the final have played six games, you know. So those six games are on national TV and they're super high intensity and there's high pressure. But you you nailed it. It's the body of work, and it should always be the body of work. It's the body of work that they compile in college, um, in addition to like their physical abilities and that sort of their mental makeup and that sort of thing. But putting too much emphasis on that is not respecting what happened prior. And you know we can go through that uh, the history of the draft and we can find mistakes. But we can also find things that went right in, in looking at the at the tournament too because the one thing the tournament can do is really show how someone's going to operate it under pressure you know and some guys kind of it all the the tide lifts all boats you know and some sink and and it's uh it's it's always a piece of the puzzle it should never be the determining factor 
um, in as much as any one singular component should be the determining factor about a, a, a prospect's like viability in the NBA. So um, it's something you weigh, it's something you look at, it's something you watch. Those games are always super intense, um, and, and we can really see a lot about a player in that, in that uh, arena. You mentioned a little earlier about character, and that's part of what you're looking at, trying to determine you know, what kind of guy this is. I've been impressed just, just with the guys you guys have drafted here since you've been here in Orlando. I mean, some, some really quality kids. And, and often people will say, well, yeah, quality kids, but you want good players too. But sure. you've really done both. How difficult is that to, to be accurate who this guy is inside, not so much how much talent he has, but what kind of kid he is? Yeah, and, and, and you know, the um – Jeff and John, like they, that, that's something they really value, yeah. you know, and the DeVos family values that. And, and getting the right people to represent the team and the community is an important part of, the, of, the, of our whole process. So the, the thing that we take a lot of pride in, like from our scouting group standpoint, is, is really getting to know who the people are, you know, before we meet them at the combine or, and when we have them in for a pre-draft workout and really having the answer to any question that Jeff may have or John may have, like when it comes down to it, what type of kid is he? And we can say, you know, with – um, you know, we, it's like a detective. We're really doing as much work as we possibly can so we can answer those questions when we're faced with them. And it's, it, it could not be more important because it's, it's, um, it's easy to make a, a, a mistake on talent and it's easy to make a, stake, a mistake on the projection of what the player is going to be, but you better not make a mistake on their character. Go back with me early when you got here, and I, I think my timeline is correct. The, the Dwight Howard, Nick Vucevic trade in that situation uh, – Give us a little feel for that at that time. I mean, your hands were kind of tied. A deal had to be made. You yep. guys had to make a deal, um, which limited, I'm sure, your ability to negotiate. But go back to that deal and, and kind of what you remember as that yeah. kind of played out over the I remember. I remember getting here and, and really there only being two other employees in the you know, in basketball <laughs> operations. And I arrived on July 2nd that, yeah. that year, maybe July 1st. And... Um, you know, we ended up you ended up completing the trade like two months later. But it wasn't just completing that trade. We had to hire staff. We had to hire a coach. We had to hire all this stuff. So, I remember being, um, and I remember that our whole group at the time being like intrigued by Nick specifically as a piece of that puzzle. And it's been such a gratifying experience to watch him com- com- develop into the player that he guy was an all star last year. You know, and and just to be able to watch that progression, it's almost like. Um, he's part of your family, you know, and, and despite we're not very, you know, he's, I'm 20 years older than him or whatever, 18 years older than him. But um, to be able to have watched him develop, you know, he's got a child now. And the guy was an all-star last year. And to see everything that he's gone through in that whole journey has been really fun. And it's one of the funnest parts of all scouting is watching the player that you've kind of identified and and, um, and had high hopes for really manifest into what you believed he could be. And Nick, more than anyone on our team, is really you know, for me at least, because he's been here every single year I've been here. Um, he's 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 done that, and it's it's been really really cool. I'm really happy for him. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was getting into because you go back to that deal. He had played the what the one year in Philly. I think yes. he had five points, five rebounds. It was not playing much. Yes, minutes a night. But so you're basing it on what he did at USC. I guess high school probably too as well. But the USC work, what he what you saw the yeah. rookie year, and and it, I mean you guys obviously saw this guy can be a player yeah and, and and oddly enough just ironically enough we had when i was in chicago that last year we played them in the playoffs and so nick was a rookie on that team he didn't play he played maybe two minutes in the but but going back to when he was at was at usc there was always he played a game at kansas his junior season and i think he had like 25 points and i walked away i was like so you know just to, to watch he had ever the guy averaged two points per game as a freshman in college so to see where he had gone as a junior 
there was a lot of hope that he could continue to ascend. And the guy, he's gotten better every year of his pro career. Um, he got better year every year at USC, so you got to kind of assume that that's going to be the path he would take. And to kind of walk out of that trade with him um, and and all the, 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 the statistical achievements he's had as a member of the Magic and to make the playoffs last year and to be an all-star last year and really to kind of develop into the person that he's developed into, it's been it's been really fun to watch. All right, fast forward with me to right now, 1920. We're underway here. This season underway. A team you kind of helped construct. As you look at them here early, what what are you what are you seeing? Yeah, it's been you know the um, the addition. Jeff 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 and John have done such an interesting job, like really kind of um, introducing Steve Clifford into the mix. You know, and Steve, it's he's been such a. Um, He's been such a – he's really lifted the program, you know, and he's lifted the program to the degree where there's an accountability and he communicates with the players. And, you know, we, we're one and two tonight. We played the Knicks, and, um, you know, I, I still have a lot of high hopes for the season. I think it's really been a fun – we played really well defensively. Um, things will come online. It, it's just, uh, you know, we had two road games, two really fought, hard-fought road games, and, you know, now we're back at home for a couple. So hopefully we can get kind of on track here. Appreciate you stopping by. I know you've listened to a lot of basketball, as you said, over the years. You've listened to a lot of broadcasters. You know the game. You'd be a great analyst. I know you have an interest in it, but you think someday you'll you'll be able to do a it's little so, It's so funny because, uh, um, you know, just for everyone out there, I just had the opportunity to go on the road with the team here the, the first two road games, and I was constantly joking with Dennis that I was going to come up and do uh, – color one night and really you know john paxson was um my boss in chicago for for nine years and you know he remains a dear friend of mine and the reason the way we got introduced was when he was doing radio and that was our real introduction that was when i was kind of transitioning from the video room to the pr department then back into basketball operations and i would sit with them and listen you know uh why they did the radio broadcast and it was always something intriguing. I don't think I have the ability to do it. I'm going to be honest with you. It's, it uh, it seems think. like the the focus that you guys have and the focus on the road and to be able to do it on your own, Dennis. Like at the, at our road games is incredible. Um, it's a it's a it's a fun thing to to joke around about. But I'm not sure if I would have the ability to remain emotionally stable uh, stable enough to to detach myself from not pounding on the table or something you like know, that. No, and and I think I think you would because I think once you sat down and put the headset on and, and started doing the game, it would just be you talking to your buddy about basketball and, and you know the game so it would be insightful I think for people listening. that's hilarious but we're, we're going to have to try it someday. yeah maybe someday we will do it uh, <laughs> uh, one off in the summer or something like that just so I can have something to joke around with my friends about Matt Lloyd the magic assistant general manager we appreciate it, Matt. I re- really so appreciate you I really stopping appreciate by it. absolutely that's it for this podcast we will see you next time on the Radio Guy podcast thanks for joining us see you later 